he was on the other side of the room he goes hey and i'm like and he then starts running towards me and i'm like oh my god he hates the story he is angry <laughs> and he reaches me and he's like You are listening to the UND Greyhound Guide, the only show of its kind where we highlight the sport management program at the University of Indianapolis located in the amateur sports capital of the world. This content will help listeners better understand both our graduate and undergraduate courses through the voices of students, alumni, and even professors. These conversations provide an insight that you can't get from visiting a website or touring a campus. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at UND Sport MGT to learn more. I am your host, Cody McCullough. So, like, I heard about this book, like, I don't know, 2015, 2016, from Coach DeSalle, who was there throughout that time. And he always, he would always mention it, because I read a lot, but he never, like, got, gave it to me. And then he passed away last year during COVID, and I was cleaning... Uh, his wife asked me to help clean out their house and stuff. And he had this, uh, this loft office where he kept all his stuff. And I went up there and was cleaning out this closet and I found it in a box, the book. And I was like, can I keep this? And she said, yeah. So wow. I read it. Um, yeah, last year around October ish, cause it was around my birthday. I read it. And then, uh, yeah, I saw your name and then the coach who was like listed as, an author i've met him in passing just one other time uh but i was like yeah and then around new year around new year's this past year i started doing like different interviews for this podcast and um i just and doing like a three-part series of different like sport mediums and so like i did one with a guy who directed a conor mcgregor uh Mm -hmm. biopic and then we're doing one with the guy that does. Um, we're doing one with the guy that does an ESPN podcast out in North Carolina, and then we're doing you as an author of a book. So getting all the different mediums in there. Yeah, and thank you for your kind words and 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 the intro of the questions. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. So. If you're an avid reader, then you have to get your hands on the book Uncaged by Scott Freeman. The book covers the rise of Lawrence North basketball from 2003 to 2006 when Greg Oden and Mike Conley led the Wildcats to three straight IHSAA state championships. Throughout this streak, they set records that still stand today in 2021, like longest win streak and longest home game win streak. Personally, I have close ties to Ellen Basketball. I worked there several years throughout undergrad and a little after as a statistician and actually stumbled onto this book because of one of the coaches there. Um, I was close with Coach DeSalle, who was on staff there for several years. He passed away in early 2020 due to COVID. And whenever we worked together, he would always mention this book that was written about the program. And when I was helping his wife, Nancy, clean out the house after his passing, I found the book in his office and she let me keep it. So after reading it, I had to reach out to Mr. Freeman and learn more about the book and everything. And so he is joining us here today and we are happy to have you on today. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks. So I like to ask a fun question, usually get started. And this one just pertains to the topic we're already talking about. 
So I'm just curious from your viewpoint, it seems like today everything is made into some type of documentary or dramatic movie. So I'm just curious, having seen and lived this firsthand, like I only know about it from reading about it and seeing like old videos, but would something like this make for like a good documentary in the future or any type of storytelling? Like they have like this podcast docu-series now. Yeah, I, you know, I definitely think it would. Um, if there, if someone can come up with footage from, you know, those games, because you know you had a guy Greg Oden who was going to be the number one draft pick you know supposedly the best defensive center to come out of high school since Bill Russell and you also had Mike Conley and as sort of his Scotty Pippen sidekick and you know they, they had this incredible run in high school and then things did not turn out the way everyone predicted they would. And that's sort of the tension you would have in that piece. But yeah, I, I, I think it could be a great documentary or podcast series. Cause it, it's just, it's a really compelling story. Well, I just know like, so I just happened on Lawrence North. I'm from Brookville, Indiana. Like we're right on the Ohio border. So I'm nowhere near uh, like central Indiana. And I did a basketball camp in 2015 in North Carolina, Jay Billis camp, and they were giving us tips on like how to learn more throughout the year. And they said like volunteer with local uh, basketball teams near where you are. So I had to do stuff for school anyway. And I just literally typed in like best basketball programs in Indianapolis. And I found LN and I started reading about their history and I emailed coach Kiefer and he was like hey come up to one of our summer camps and it was just mm -hmm. funny because like the first day I met him he's telling me stories just about like some of the crazy plays like out of bounds alley-oops and just stuff like Conley did and then reading your book six <laughs> years later it it highlights some of the stuff that he was reminiscing on that first day I met him um but yeah and then like going through his office I'd see VHS tapes that are titled like 05 sectional game and stuff um, oh wow so, but yeah, there's just like when you, I remember telling family members I was working at LN and I would send them pictures in the hallway of like the jerseys I'm passing and stuff and they didn't even know about it. And I'm like, it's kind of crazy that there's not some sort of like, even like an indie star series or something on it. Yeah, because, you know, a couple of those players are really legends in Indiana basketball. Yeah. Um, you know, and that team, as you say, set several records and, you know, they won three state championships in a row, which I think what only one other team had done that. Yeah. And or then, maybe, or maybe not. One other team did it like years before. And then Warren central just a few yeah, years ago, right. almost that's beat their home or their consecutive win streak, but they lost like two games short. So it still stands. Wow. I wonder if they were like Don Shula and the Miami Dolphins, who every year break out champagne when the last undefeated team is beat. So I'm curious, like your background and how you got the opportunity to write this story. 
Um, it, it was a very roundabout process. Um, I covered the Atlanta Braves for Atlanta Magazine, which is sort of, it, at that time, it was, it was a sister publication of Indianapolis Monthly. And every year I would do a couple of feature stories, baseball related. And, and I got to know Leo Mazzoni, who was the Braves pitching coach during the glory years in the 90s. And got to where I would talk to him every time I went to the clubhouse. And I wound up doing a, a story on him. And, you know, Leo was kind of a gruff guy, or uh, is a kind of a gruff guy, and uh, no BS kind of guy. And after the story came out, I, I went to Turner Field and left a copy of it on in his locker. And after the game, I went back and he was on the other side of the room and goes, hey! And I'm like, and he then starts running towards me and I'm like, oh my God, he hates the story. He is angry. <laughs> and, and he reaches me and he's like, and he's all excited. And he's like, that's the best blah, blah story anyone's ever written about me. And I was just like, wow, cool. So three or four years later, I got an email from his management and he had signed a book deal and um, wanted me to be his co-author. And it was from the same publishing house, Sports Publishing, which had gotten fairly big um, around that time. And I was like, hell yeah, that would be a blast. I'd, I'd love to do that so um i co-wrote his book it was called tales from the mound horrible title but um and a couple years later i wound up at indianapolis monthly and i'd kept in touch with the editor on that, that book and um they called me up one day and it's like um we're putting together this book on this great Indiana high school basketball team. And we need someone to work with the coach. We have one of the assistant coaches involved and he doesn't have time or really the skill level to write, but could you, you know, do interviews with him and just, uh, give us that and then we'll put the, the entire book together. So, you know, I met um, J.R. Schelt, who was an assistant coach for Lawrence North. And, you know, Hoosiers is one of my favorite movies. And just the, the, the idea of being around Indiana high school basketball just really appealed to me. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to do that. So that's kind of how I got started. I was curious because I like I read a lot and, you know, you see lots of books with two authors, but I don't know how many books in my life I'd seen that had three names. So that's why I was curious. Yeah, that was. Uh, Dave Kreider, I think is yeah. how you pronounce his last name. 
he was he had written a lot about high school basketball and he he's the one who really got this book started and had the idea for it and uh he was going to do the historical stuff and then i was going to do the you know the present day stuff and it just it wound up they called me at some point and was like we need you to write this book so it was basically myself and the editor who actually did the the actual writing yeah so my my role changed dramatically <laughs> as 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 the book got closer so and you know i i had oh you're good go on i, I was just gonna say i I had, you know, I met JR and, you know, we talked and I quickly realized that in order to ask, we set up a thing where I, I basically interviewed him every week and over game had played and, you know, getting behind the scenes stuff from him. And it quickly became apparent that I needed to go to the games. I could ask the questions. And so I started, you know, I guess about a third of the way through the season, I started attending all the games and it was just, it was so much fun to, to see that unfold and to be in that atmosphere. You know, there's a scene in Hoosiers where the bus is going to an away game and there's like a field of dreams, like traffic jam behind them, of cars following the bus. And I witnessed that. I saw the same thing with the Lawrence North bus, you know, one night. And it was just, it was so cool to be a part of that. So I'm curious, like, nowadays, like, in 2021, this is over 15 years from the LN, like, glory days. There's plenty of content Mm -hmm. now, like, with high school sports, like, with Netflix series and all types of stuff. but this took place like right after and during the LeBron era in Ohio. So I was wondering if from like your perspective, getting like the behind the scenes stuff, if you, if there was like holes you had to jump through, like to get clearance from the IHSAA or the school board to cover the team like that. Um, I think this was really done uh, under the radar. <laughs> um I think Dave had set up with Coach Kiefer, um, had gotten his blessing, and Coach Kiefer had recommended JR to yeah. be our, our contact person. And I'm not sure anyone else knew about it. I'm not, I'm not even sure Greg and Mike Conway knew we were working on a book um, because you know, I was at every game, but my role was to interview JR. So I didn't really try to do anything else. I never interviewed Mike Conley. I never interviewed Greg Oden. Um, I just, I went to games and observed and then relied on JR to, you know, he had permission to talk about what went on in the locker room and um what was going on behind the scenes so i think it was done really under the radar and just with the blessing of the coach you know it was one of those things if once it's done nobody can say anything (laughs) 
So you say you started going to games like a third of the way into that season. When you mention that, is that their freshman season that you're talking about? No, it was their senior season. Oh, their senior season. Okay. Yeah, because I basically had to reconstruct um, everything else, you know, using Dave's notes, using, you know, log books from the games and using uh, stories that were in the Indianapolis Star. Um, Because the, the whole idea of the book came after the first two seasons okay that's what i was curious with the the recognition that they might do a a three-peat and this would be a great story to follow during their senior year so i was not even involved until the their senior season gotcha well that answers like the next question Good. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense because this whole time I thought you guys were like, that's what I was curious about if you had to get clearance and stuff because I thought this whole time you guys were traveling like throughout the basketball season all four years they were in high school. Yeah, yeah it, it, that, boy, that would have been a project. <laughs> um, but I'm glad you thought that because it means I faked it very well when, when I wrote the book and it kind of made you think I was there. So, yeah, you answered the next question, so I'm going to skip. Um, I guess I'm curious, like with this, you just said like having to reconstruct, you know, the first three years of the team being together from indie star articles and local papers Uh, like outside of that is there something else that like was there a difficult part of this creative process for you that went beyond like having to reconstruct that like i just didn't know i know everyone heard has heard of the term like writer's block but i didn't know like that's us students just making up an excuse for the paper to be blank i didn't know if that existed if you had like a set in stone storyline like this um i have found that deadlines help uh, erase writer's block um you know and i you know my process for writing a book is i i learned from reading john steinbeck which is you know, I, I set a time every day and I'm set down and start writing in, in that time. And, you know, whether it's coming out well or not, I, I still try to put down a thousand words and, you know, then maybe fix it the next day. Um, you know, it, it's no writer wants to sit there staring at a blank page and not being able to put anything on it. And sometimes, you know, you'll go in the wrong direction and what you write is is just useless and not good. But often it'll it'll spark a thought later on. It's like, oh, this is how I need to approach that. Um, I remember my first book, which was on the Allman Brothers Band, I I wrote 
the first chapter and man, I thought it was smoking good. And I sent it to my editor and it came back with so many red marks on it. And basically he was like, you need to start over. This is not a magazine article. This, this is a book. So just tell the story. Don't try to get fancy. So I, I've carried that with me. Just, you know, just when I write books is just tell the story. And, you know, I, I think the difficulty for me was that my role changed in the middle of it from just interviewing JR. And my memory is I was just going to send my notes and uh, someone else was going to be responsible for putting it together. And, you know, not long into the process, it was like, no, I've got to write this. So that made me really glad that I had attended all those games because, you know, I, I had taken notes and stuff, but, you know, the degree of difficulty was really in researching what happened in the first, you know, three years of their high school. And I was lucky because Dave had a lot of information about that and um, that came in really handy. Writer's block, I, I don't really get often just because I have a process and I try to trust in that process. You can take that if you need to. Nah, it's, it's a work call. I'm off today. So I know, like, personally, one of my favorite parts in the book was, uh, like, when you guys were talking about Odin and Conley's, like, backstory of how they got to Ellen and then, like, their junior mm -hmm. high playing days in the Saturday leagues and stuff. I thought that was really cool. Thanks. Yeah, a lot of that uh, was researched by Dave. And, and um, you know, I, I also found that really cool. Um, you know, the way their paths just intersected when they were kids and uh, the way they, they, you know, they played on the same AAU team. They went to the same middle school and, you know, went to the same high school and then went to the same college. And it, I remember when the NBA draft happened, it's like, man, it's a shame they're not going to still be together NBA. Yeah. Because I know they had such incredible industry. Because I know when, uh, like in the book, it was talking about them and their the Saturday leagues um, for a couple years there. That's where I spent a lot of my time with Coach DeSalle was working the Lawrence Township Basketball League, the LTBBL, and just like reading the book. And it was talking about them in like sixth, seventh grade, throwing alley oops and fast breaks in junior high, and it's like working it all these years in the past and like seeing parents and coaches at that level, like hope they have the next one. It was cool then reading about it firsthand. Yeah, it was, it was cool to, to reconstruct that. And yeah, I, I remember, I think it was the night 
before the third champ or the week before the third championship, Brett was going to play three hour pickup games at a local gym. And, you know, Coach Kiefer found out about it and was like, you can't do that. We're playing a championship game in three days. You know, save yourself. So, with sports books, I'm curious, is it hard deciding what not? what not to put in the story and what makes the final cut because i know from the book you know you recount games and stats but like obviously the whole book can't just be game logs so i didn't know like if it was difficult to balance with staying on track with the story you want to portray but then also not leave out prevalent um like game logs yeah and it's a very wise editor told me one time, just because something's interesting doesn't mean it's part of the story you're telling. And you know, that, that really comes to play in sports books because you can get lost in stats and, and you know, numbers. And I tried to use the statistics to really amplify the story I was telling and use them when they were relevant and try to shy away from them when they weren't. I like that quote. I've never heard that before. Yeah, that's, I've carried that with me for much of my career and it, it has served me well. Cause you know, when you write something and say the story or the book is too long and the editor wants to cut, you know, and then you have to start cutting and it reaches a point where it starts feeling bloody, you know, and, and it, it, that's always the question I ask is, is this serving the story I'm telling or is it just something interesting that I think would be cool to include but is extraneous to to what I'm trying to convey. So yeah, I I I refer back back to that quote all the time. So I put this next question in here solely based on like how you responded to my initial email about this podcast. So reflecting like on this project, you know, two decades later, um are there moments that still resonate with you, like about what you saw or what was told to you from JR? Because I know in your email you talked about like seeing Jeff Teague at Pike and immediately knowing he was like NBA caliber. So do you have like other memories that stand out? Oh, yeah, man. It's it, it was like stepping into Hoosiers in, in many ways. Um, you know, Hoosiers set 30 years later. Um, yeah, I, I remember the, I think it was the state quarterfinals or semifinals were at Hinkle Fieldhouse. And that was a day they had to play two games. It was like there was a 10 a.m. game, a noon game, and then the two winners played that evening. And I remember walking into the fieldhouse, and I even put this into the book, but standing there and it's like waiting for Gene Hackman to walk walk out and measure the height of the goal. And it's like, it's just like it is back home in, in Hickory. 
you know, I was walking sort of backstage and like the, the bus port that they stepped out of the bus on to go play, I guess back then it was Butler Fieldhouse, but it was still the same. And, you know, that was, that was, that was a moment <laughs> that I'll never forget because that field house had not changed much at that point. And it was, it was like stepping back into history. And, you know, I, I got to see Eric Gordon play and got to see Mike Conley guard him. And, and, and that was a thrill because, you know, he was also projected as an NBA player and he, turned out to be an NBA player and he's still playing. And I remember vividly watching Jeff Teague and he was a junior at that point playing for Pike High School. Just the way he carried himself on the court and, and, and just seeing that I mean, my first thought was this kid is going to be an NBA player because it was just so far and beyond everybody else on that team. Of course, he played for the Atlanta Hawks for many years. So that was very cool. Uh, by that time, I was not writing about sports much. So I never went to a Hawks game to talk to him, but I always wanted to just to, dude, I saw you play when you were junior at Pike High School. And I saw Mike Conway eat your lunch. <laughs> this next question might be weird, but I had to ask it just because I've never talked to an author before. Is it hard reading your own book once you're finished? Like, I know directors and actors of films and stuff, you hear them like, oh, no, I don't watch yeah. my stuff. Is that the same with writers or no? Um. For me, it's different. Um, I, when I get a book back, I read it with great trepidation because what typo did I not, not catch? Or what thought did I forget to include? I, I, re <laughs> I read it very critically the first time. And, you know, when, but when you read it five or 10, 15 years later, I, I read it with a different perspective. And it's almost like a kid that it's almost like your kid and seeing them um, at full flower and, you know, and being able to be proud of having created that, you know, so it's a different feeling later on, but the first time I read it after it comes out, it's, it's almost self-punishment because you're waiting to find something wrong. And, and if, you, if I don't, then it's a great, great relief. And like I reread this book recently and yeah, it's just like, it's like being a proud father in many ways. You know, it's like, I, I, that's mine and that's sort of my progeny and I'm proud of that. So that becomes 
was a really good feeling. That's interesting that it changes throughout time. That's cool. Yeah, it is. Um, it is not what I expected, but you know, it, it's that's it's nice to be able to read it several years later and just you know, I did a fairly good job with that, and you know, it's that's a good feeling. So before we like you know get to the final two here really i didn't know if you had like a favorite book of all time that you'd recommend to anyone listening whether it's a sports book or not oh my god i was thinking about that last night (laughs) um i'm a big steinbeck fan um i i think of recent books there's a book called ishmael by daniel quinn that i think think is just a magical book um and i really love the poet joy harjo um any of her books i would recommend um she's native american and so am i and we're from the same we have the same ancestors and her poetry really resonates with me um i love ishmael it's it's the most unique book i've ever read and one of the most meaningful and i was trying to think of a good sports book but one did not immediately pop to mind do you have any um you mentioned the baseball book you written tales from the mound do you have any other books that we should be made aware of yeah um I wrote Midnight Riders, the story of the Almond Brothers Band. It was, when it came out, it was the first biography that had ever been written about the band. And
that kind of stuff these days. Um, I appreciate you again coming on. If there's ever anything we can help you with, happy to. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the interest. I really appreciate it. It's been it's been fun revisiting that book and reminiscing about it. So so thanks. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your off day. What's left of it? Yeah, I will. And hope you warm up. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but just just as consolation, it's going to get below freezing here tomorrow. So the cold air is moving down. I had just been putting off mowing since like Halloween because um, <laughs> we just moved into our house. Like we've been here less than a year. So last year when we moved in, it was the dead of winter. Wow. So I've never had to understand like when you mow last. So I've been putting it off. So hopefully I'm done for the season. So Good. And congratulations on your marriage. Oh, uh, yeah. Thanks. It was, yeah, I think whenever... I was messaging you and this other local place to come on for a podcast and virtually yes <laughs> i'm doing a lot of that <laughs> these days yeah all right thanks and i'll, I'll look for yes sir have a good one all right you too cody thanks yeah